Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. I had mentioned at the beginning of the show that I was starting to add some autumn color or some autumn flowers. And some things in my gardens are just over the top right now. And, and the number one uh, most remembered or thought of when you mention, oh, falls, autumn flowered mums or chrysanthemums. And so they do really well here. Now, chrysanthemums, there's two types. For you gardeners, there's only one that you should be planting. So there's greenhouse grown type of, of chrysanthemums. And they are typically going to be at your grocery stores. They're floral grade. They're going indoors. And when you try to migrate those out, they just don't perform very well out in the gardens. You really want a garden mum that was grown outdoors for the certain varieties that do better perennially. They come back for year after year after year. Uh, there's perennial varieties that grow better in the gardens. And those are the ones that you'll find at your local garden center. Garden centers are not going to have, unless they have a floral shop. But even then, I've noticed... Garden centers have floral shop and a garden center. They just carry garden mums for both. They're good. They're real similar. Uh, but you kind of watch that one. The garden mums, the, 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 the greenhouse grown mums, they're perfectly shaped. Flowers are a little smaller and, or maybe actually, no, they can be a little bigger too. I don't know. They're similar. Some different colors. Your garden mums are going to be full. You're not going to see the foliage. They're just solid flowers, even in the garden. Mine are in full bloom right now. You cannot see the foliage. They're just a solid mass of flowers. That's the beauty of a mom. I've got one that's oh, probably three feet across. And it's been in the gardens for three, four, five years. I don't remember. And it is just spectacular. You can count on that. In fact, the growing season here is so long that frequently they bloom twice for you. It's not unusual for a garden mom to bloom like in July, sometime in there. And then it just forces another layer of growth, and then it's blooming again. Now through the first really hard freeze in November, then it'll just be this real pretty straw-looking thing. It's even got good texture. Uh, it's pretty even when it's hibernating underground. But mums are number one. A, a companion of that, a native that grows wild here are asters. So asters are actually tougher. They're more like a wildflower. They reseed easier throughout the yard. So asters are a great choice. A little bit smaller flower, not as many colors, but a good, strong, <laughs> good, good, strong choice. Excuse me. Blanket flower or gallardia. I like that one. That's truly a wildflower. In fact, we put gallardia in all of our wildflower mixes that we, we blend here at the garden center. And so because it's such a strong bloomer, it blooms early, blooms often, and blooms, and it's a food source for Birds and butterflies, they just like, they'll use the seed heads in the winter and kind of get through the winter season. But gallardias are, it's like a, I don't know, 18 inches tall. It looks like a miniature sunflower. Really, that's what gallardia or blanket flower looks like. And it will reseed and come up other places. It's truly a wild flower. Probably the, the one that your grandparents grew the most were marigolds. Just so hardy. Marigolds are... They sort of, at first glance, they look like a mum, but the foliage has a deeper green to them. And the flowers are typically more ruffled and larger. And so it's just a good, strong, that marigolds will bloom easily 
well into November. So two, three months from now, they'll still be in bloom. And then finally, winter takes them out. They kind of go, okay, I'm done. Uh, salvias. Anytime you hear the word salvia or sage in, in, a, in a plant name, you know it's good for here. And the reason is it's got an herb. It's a er, sage and, and uh, 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 salvia are both herbal names. So herbs, animals don't bother herbs. So your javelina, your deer, your rabbits, they leave them alone. Uh, same with mums. They don't bother mums. What was the other one I mentioned? Asters, they don't bother asters. So there's some plants, good, strong fall bloomers that the animals will bloom like crazy. Animals don't bother. Some pack rats are kind of this misfit. Sometimes they're not eating the flowers or using them to make bedding. Or they, oh, honey, look what I brought home. Flowers. We're going to use them as a bed tonight. So they're not necessarily harvesting them for, for just for the beauty, not for the edibility. Edibility. So Russian sage, that's that purple spiky one that's up right now, about hip high. Just a good, it is such a strong bloomer. Now it looks kind of ragged in the winter. Uh, you hardly see it. In the spring, it's late to wake up. You swear it's dead. And then come summer, it starts to bloom and it keeps blooming right through autumn. It's an amazing plant for here. So Russian sage is such a strong one. And I mentioned that if they're starting to get leggy and fall over because of uh, they're just too wet, Give them a haircut. Sometimes they get too tall and they fall over. You take that weight off the top. Just take six inches off. Take, take your shears, kind of put them back real quick. Don't make a lot of work out of it. It lights up the load and they'll start to bloom even better for you. It's an amazing little plant. So snapdragons, I think every yard should have snapdragons. We've got every color under the sun. Uh, they're, they're drought hardy. They reseed in the yard. They come up. Animals don't bother them. They got a kind of a sap that the chipmunks and the deer and rabbits don't like to eat, so they won't taste that. Yet it's beautiful, uh, so that that one will easily bloom through the end of the year. Then it kind of takes a break. It's got green on it, but it won't be in bloom in January. Then you'll cut it back. Well, I'll take those spent flower heads off. I'll cut that back. Usually about Valentine's or so, February, mid early. Sometime in February, cut it back, fertilize it. It goes right back into bloom by the end of February. Snapdragons are in bloom again. They are an amazing, amazing plant. And sometimes you need some taller stuff in your raised beds or your containers. And so that's a great one as a, as a filler kind of, I need some bulk. I need to fill up this, this beautiful container. So I'll have pansies spilling over the front side. Some violas maybe filling in some things. And my tall, spectacular, kind of showy plant is a snapdragon. So you can have this beautiful container of flowers right through winter. So it's, it, it, you folks from the from the desert area, you go, oh, it's going to be cold. These plants like the cold. They'll actually adapt better in the cold. So you, this is when you do plant them. If you were to plant them two or three weeks earlier, they would have vaporized in that last heat that we had. These need the cold. So we purposely throttle back and wait, keep people from gardening with these fall plants because we know that if they plant them too early, they're gonna they're gonna look terrible because of the heat. They need the cold, so now's the time to plant those. Alyssum, sweet alyssum or lobelia, great little uh, white, tiny tiny flower, but lots of them. It's just kind of a trailing ground cover. I like to use it at the front edges of my raised beds containers. Because and butterflies love alyssum, so you you will have painted ladies and monarchs and. All the different butterflies are going to be all over sweet alyssum or lobelia. It's a very strong plant, and it often reseeds for me. 
It can come back if we have a mild winter, but it definitely reseeds in my gardens very easily. So it's a great little plant for coming back. And then the most famous, I think, of all of the fall flowers, uh, the, one of my favorites is violas or, or Johnny Jump Ups, your grandparents called them. It's like a miniature uh, miniature pansy. Now we also have the mammoth pansy. So that's, that's what that one's probably four times the size of a viola, but I like viola because it's hardier. It'll go through heat better. It recedes sometimes. It has more flowers on it. They're not quite as pronounced, but it just has makes up for quantity. It's kind of like million bells, petunia or calipricoa. It's a miniature, uh, miniature petunia. Petunias are huge. And calipricoas are, you know, a quarter of the size, but they make up for, for hundreds of flowers and they trail really well. But all of these, you can be planted right now. Just put a little fresh soil in that raised bed, a little container. Have, have some just right by the front door. I don't even plant at the front door a mum. We just put them out there. Oh, one that looks really good out by the pond. I was noticing this morning, which what prompted the entire segment, autumn. Joy, sedum. Sedums are are like cacti without the thorns. They're very soft, and so they're they're very drought hardy. Rock gardens is where you plant you plant uh, sedums. Well, autumn joy sedum is one of the bigger sedums. It's up about knee high, and it's got it's covered right now in very bright pink flowers. True perennial comes back year after year after year after year for showy. I mean, just years of enjoyment by planting autumn sedums, all the sedums now, but autumn joy. There's a reason it's called autumn joy sedum because it's so joyful to look at in the autumn. Yeah, all of those can be planted now. We'll show you how. It's a, the garden centers were stocked full of them right now. So enjoy. Got more in store for you. Got to take a quick break, pay a couple bills. Be right back after this. Whether you're freshening up an existing landscape or starting with a blank slate, the Waters in-store garden consultation is right for anyone. If you don't know where to start, Waters Personal Shopper Service allows you to book one-on-one -on -one time with an expert without the crowds. It's easy by phone or through our website. No lines, no waiting. Purchase a $250 gift card from Waters and it comes with one-on-one -on -one private gardener time. You're going to love your yard again. Waters Garden Center in Prescott or watersgardencenter.com. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more, or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. <laughs> 